From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas, uh, along with you, with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and, of course, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, (laughs) with us as well. And, uh, Elaine, this is one of those nights we look forward to because... The doctor is in. He's in. And, uh, and he loves it too. And he yes. loves it too. Dr. Jim Henman with home. us tonight. And, and of course, th- this is one of these fun times when we're gathered here, you know, and, in, in, in this is our, our new place in downtown Modesto near mm-hmm. uh, 15th and F. And uh, it's kind of like a living room and uh, tonight kind of like a dining room table. And, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of kicking back. Potatoes. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a great meal uh, here. And, and so we're just kicking back with uh, Jim Henman and, uh, and God's going to take us somewhere, and the fun thing is we never know where. But then we'll, we'll find out in a few minutes. Right now, we know where to go. We're going to go to the Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of another real-life Jesus freak. The year is 1550. And King Edward is now permitting the Bible to be read aloud in English instead of only Latin. This delights Joan Waste, who, although born blind, is eager to know God's word. She learns to knit, saving every penny to buy her own Bible. She even pays people to read to her, and she memorizes entire chapters of scripture. But when Queen Mary takes the throne, new laws make it illegal to even own a Bible. Joan is arrested for heresy, but tells her persecutors, I cannot forsake the truth. And on August the 1st, 1556, Joan Waste is burned at the stake merely for owning a Bible, something you and I take for granted every day. Will you take a stand? Go online to persecution.com. You know, and tonight we're going to be talking about deep faith. And deep faith. man, isn't that just an amazing thing? It humbles to realize mm. what people are willing to do yeah. when faced with that kind of adversity. Mm. Mm. Kind of puts our challenges sometimes into perspective, and yet they're all important to God, aren't they? Yeah, there's not a competition no, there's not with them. Yeah. But in some ways, it's almost harder without adversity than it is with adversity mm. when it comes to depending on God. It's often harder to find him on the mountaintops you know, once you celebrate with him. Mm. But when you're staying on the mountaintops, you tend to forget who it is that actually made it possible. But in the valleys, either we turn against him. Why did he do this to us? Or why did he forsake us? Or we cling to him even more. When you're in the pit, Mm -hmm. there's a sense of urgency. 
Absolutely. You know, when I, and we'll, we'll get to the opportunities to serve here in just a second. Yeah, that's, you know, that's but but I was just thinking, you know, 20, 30 years ago, um, one of my first real jobs was as a dispatcher for mm-hmm. the Glendora Police Department, a little sleepy town at that time in Southern California, San Gabriel Valley. And the dispatch center was in what they called the pit. It was in literally the basement of the police station where the trustees were and and the locker room. And at 3 in the morning, there's just nobody around. Right. And, and it was the pit. And you ran it back in those days. You had no, you know, you didn't have the computer things you have now and all that. And you answered all the phones and you had a kind of a television monitor. And, you you know, if somebody walked into the police department, you know, you picked up the phone and you talked to them. And but anyway, you, you, were, you were kind of in solitary confinement in the pit. Mm-hmm. And I often thought, you know, I, I went to college, for goodness sakes, and I'm sitting in the pit, <laughs> you know, and, and will I ever get out of the pit? And, uh, you know, as, as Peter so, so aptly observed, you know, God brings us out in due time. He lifts us up, up in due time. Mm-hmm. It's that due time thing. Well, it's the due time thing. And also the example of Paul in the pit when he was thrown after getting beaten yes. almost yeah. to death. Yes. Put yes. In the prison. Yes. Yeah. And he was still in prison and he was busy celebrating. Absolutely. Yeah. We content. can transform the pit. Even when we're still in the pit. There you go. And that's yeah. what he wants us to know. Mm. We're not stuck by reality, observable reality. God's reality is not man's reality. It's not, is it? No, it's no, not. No. When I think of Paul mm. learning to be content in those conditions, Jim. Desiring to be. Desiring to not be Not so much content. learning to be as mm. desiring to be. It was his desire to be content in all things, hmm. which led to learning right. to do it. Right. But look at it the other way around. If we try to be content in all things in order to achieve the successful uh, goal, we never accomplish it because it's on our own steam. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. wants in all things to be able to give thanks, meaning that God through him will be sufficient in the middle of a prison. So he's busy singing. Here's a chance to witness. It's like me with my nuggets, you know. Exactly. <laughs> There's a nugget there somewhere. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't mean to be absolutely. nitpicky, but that, no, that no. difference is, mm. is significant. And desiring to please God. You know? Does please him. Absolutely. Even when we're going the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> it pleases him that we desire to please him. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Well, did we want to get into this? I was enjoying where we were going there with that. Well, we'll go there again. We'll go there again. We do have a a couple of opportunities to pass along uh, here to you for those who do desire to serve and to please God while you do that. Uh, Doctors Medical Center Foundation reminding us that we can participate in recreation and social activities with Miller's Place clients. Uh, Miller's Place is an adult daycare resource center providing specialized programs uh, in a safe environment for adults with health or mobility restrictions, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, stroke-related dementia, uh, cerebral palsy, mental health issues, uh, and the like. Volunteers ages 18 years and older helping clients with activities, crafts, crocheting games, uh, recreational walks, uh, one-on-one visits, very important little mini manicures and things like that, providing musical entertainment while enabling their caregivers uh, to have respite and run errands and things that they need uh, to do. 
uh, creative individuals who uh, also needed to decorate bulletin boards and make photo uh, memory albums for clients. You might enjoy doing things like that. Volunteers should enjoy working and uh, being, spending time with older adults with health and mobility restrictions or memory impairment. Uh, so if that sounds like something you'd like to do, celebrating 35 years of service, the DMCF, or Doctors Medical Center Foundation, improving the lives of individuals and families through quality health education and services. And uh, the Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Pets can be good visitors, too, reminding us that volunteers can accompany them and of course, you probably should accompany your pets when they go uh, to visit. That would be a very good thing, wouldn't it? Uh, volunteers uh, accompany their pets uh, while doing that. During these visits, animals are often successful in increasing communication and so uh, decreasing anxiety and cutting through the barriers that isolate people sometimes. Pets you probably don't want to bring your kimono dragon. Probably not, uh, but I was just thinking of your friendly goats and maybe some of my birds. Oh, and, yeah, they'd, they'd be uh, a riot in that you know, place. I don't know, maybe some yeah. of Jim's cats. Who knows? <laughs> Actually, when we get past this, I'm going to tell you about my cat that saved someone's life. That is very, Is very that right? Really? Gizmo the Greeter. Cool. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Can't wait to hear that. So that might be something that you uh, might want to consider. And the Stanislaw County Library, where you can put your computer and bilingual skills uh, to work with Bridges to Technology Program. Volunteers helping out uh, needed to provide computer training and application with Internet users, uh, assisting assisting customers one-to-one assistance, uh, helping out Bridges to Technology. And if you have any... uh, any questions about any of these, Barbara Borba would be able to help out uh, there. And you can get a hold of Barbara, and her phone number is 524-1307, extension 113, or you can email her at bborba.ustand.org. And you can also give us a call here where we are taking donations of household items, refrigerators, beds, washing machines, dryers, all of those things going to very needy families, and we'll make those connections for you. 209-544-9571 is our number. I want to hear about that cat. Well, I have a little tuxedo cat and gizmo and when i'm seeing people at the house office he is the greeter he will get on the car he'll get in the car he'll be there and 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 loving on them uh while they're waiting i had a woman this is years and years ago who was so incredibly depressed that i didn't know from session to session if she'd be alive. Mm. Mm. She was so compressed, so shut down, and I just could not seem to penetrate. This one particular session, and this was after a number of weeks of this having gone on, and somehow Gizmo got into the session room with us, and I hadn't noticed, and she's sitting there stiff as a board, and Gizmo has no front claws. He's got powder puff on the front Mm -hmm. claws. And all of a sudden, he reached up that little powder puff and started to streak, to touch her cheek, to, mm. to, to stroke her cheek with that little powder puff. And it's like this person cracked open like a watermelon. Is that right? She grabbed Gizmo and just started to hold him and cry and cry mm. and hold him. And normally, Gizmo is not a cat that you can hold. He'll come, but don't, don't impose. He didn't move for the mm. longest time. Mm. She just mm. sobbed mm. and cried. And I truly mm. believe that was the beginning of healing for her. Wow. Was that animal that was able to give 
that love, Mm -hmm. unconditional, at a moment that she could not receive it from a human being. It's a lot to be So I'm all for that, uh, volunteers. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, we are thrilled that you're back home again. We love it when you come to visit us. And, you know, as we were talking earlier about deeper faith, uh, one of the things that caught my eye was um, choosing to believe in the little papers here that we have on the the black ice page on your website, which is wonderful, by the way. But choosing to believe is huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can't choose how much we believe, but we can choose to believe however much we're able to believe at that moment. And we tend to get that really messed up. We tend to think we need to believe perfectly in order for God to work through us. Well, while we're waiting for that, which will never happen, to happen, (laughs) because it will never happen that we have absolute perfect faith. But while we're waiting for that, our faith shrivels. But if we have a mustard seed, just a small amount of faith, and we choose to honor that amount of faith and put that faith into action, it grows. That's all we need is a mustard seed of faith. God does the rest. You know, you make the point, uh, Jim, in, in a lot of uh, uh, things, a lot of uh, different subjects, that we don't have to execute this stuff perfectly. That's what mm-hmm. God doesn't demand that of us. And I think one Nor of the, does he expect it. And one of the key things that, that this page we're, we're looking at right now, a deeper look at how faith impacts healthy change, is you talk about the fact that God gives us the freedom mm-hmm. to question. Even get angry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so many times, you know, I, I call them, you know, the, the religiosity people. Mm-hmm. Can't get mad at God. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, you got to say the right thing. Right. And, uh, wow, you know, he, he's just happy we're communicating with him, I think. How right? can you have relationship with someone who will not tolerate anything other than blind faith? Mm-hmm. Whether another human being... Or God. It's not possible. It prevents a relationship from developing. Well, if we have blind faith, I would imagine we're not growing much, are we? Are we kind of stuck? Good point. Good point. First of all, because we can't achieve the blind faith, so we're caught in this sort of vortex of impossibility. And while we're busy feeling bad that we're not having more, we end up having less. Well, blind faith seems to me to be highly intellectual. It is. Your and, good point, Mike. And, and it's, it's not a, a heart thing. thing, is it? It's, it's, not a, a, heart it's a head thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the heart thing is when you doubt, you get angry, you're going, mm-hmm. you know, how come? Mm-hmm. And uh, God's okay with it. I mean, you look at the way he dealt with the heroes of the faith. I was oh, just going to sure. say all the conflict yeah, that we see throughout the ages. Absolutely. Biblically. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so funny is that God doesn't want us to have blind faith in this fallen world. My belief is that he does not want us as human beings to have blind faith either toward other people or even toward him. He knows he is who he says he is. Mm. He knows he is the real Megillah. (laughs) He really is what he says. Therefore, God is happy with 2020 faith, eyes wide open. He doesn't want us 
to give blind faith to a pastor, to uh, an elder, a deacon, um, a teacher, uh, anyone, because we're all fallible human beings. Our faith is in him. And through that faith, we can have a growing faith in our pastors, in our elders, in our deacons, in our teachers. You know, I think you hit on a, on a blind point, and, and being one, I have to say, putting your faith in the pastor is a very dangerous proposition. For it's, both sides. It's absolutely. It's as dangerous for the pastor as it is for you, because there is no way on earth that that pastor can live up to your expectations. Right. And, and, you, and, and you not bring the same expectations on that pastor that God is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yet mm-hmm. God longs for us to trust him. Oh, absolutely, because mm-hmm. he knows yeah. that is what is going to give us the healthiest, most meaningful, and productive life possible is the more we do believe in him. But he doesn't demand it. Hear the difference. Yeah. He loves us perfectly, therefore he cannot want us to rebel but it's not that he expects us to be without sin. In fact, he's being very clear that the only one without sin was Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you do with him? We strung him up. So it's not about being perfect. He wants us to be all that we can be. And t- t- taking that down a, a slightly different road, mm, sure. If, if the results aren't perfect, it doesn't mean that God's not in it. Mm-hmm. Right. If that, I mean, so I, I think in our westernized mm-hmm. version of church, if we do it just right, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. God will bring all the blessings, mm-hmm. and everything will be okay. And if something goes wrong, we must have messed up somewhere. Not not true. Uh, I mean that that question. I, I think God likes us to question. I, mm-hmm. th- think of, of how Socrates dealt with his students. It, it yep. wasn't a lecture, was it? No. No. The, I mean, there was give Discussion. and take. Absolutely. And uh, out of the questions came, and, and, and the, the great rabbis oh, were yeah. all about a two-way discussion. And I'll bet right? Adam and Eve had some amazing discussions with God in the garden. Oh, yeah. Can I mean, just mind-boggling. That? But there's a little nugget that, that happened today, and I want to share it. Elaine is one of the most grace-filled, <laughs> loving, giving people I know. And I, and, and I think you would agree with that. Absolutely. And we had a little scheduling confusion in terms of whether we'd be getting together tonight or, or next week. Now, if it had been the other way around, Elaine would have just flowed with grace from my fallibility. But the look on her face as I walked in the door was as if she had had done something terrible. And all I could say is, honey, powerful vulnerability, where it's more important to learn and grow than be right, will always be better than being right. And you would give grace to me if it was my mistake, and I'm now publicly... Giving back the grace to you, I think, and it works out. It works out great because we're having this conversation right now. Absolutely, I thank you for that, and I love you for that, Jim. And I, when I realized that I had messed up, and Mm -hmm. I did, I just thought, oh, I was just, you know, it's like, 
horror. I went, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, she told me to report at 4 in the morning. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what that was about. Do I still have to come at 4 in the morning? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jim, on your uh, – and the, the who's really driving your bus, which – I keep this close at hand, as you know. And on page 134, depending on which, which book you mm-hmm. have, there's a, a, a prayer of trust and confidence. If I could just share a little oh, bit absolutely. with this. I love I this. I love this. <clears throat> I can get through it now. It says, My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it all will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope that I never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me and will never leave me to face my perils alone. Absolutely. Thomas Merton. Ah, Thomas Merton. What an amazing, amazing prayer. That's my spirituality right in a nutshell. You know, when you were talking about faith and deep faith, this... Mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. See, it's the only way that you can truly have deep faith. Like Mike, you said earlier, the difference between head knowing and heart knowing. Mm-hmm. Blind faith, I suppose, is something intellectually you could generate, but you can't generate that at a heart level. And that's why God is in our heart, not our head. Yeah. He knows where the right place to be. Absolutely. To help us the most. Even Absolutely. for those of us who think we are very spiritually mm-hmm. mature, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and, I, and there's, I'm not, mm-hmm. don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, I'm mm-hmm. not putting that down mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. because we want to be no, on but, meat. But, but, but you know, when milk. you get it, it, it's like, you know, it's like when somebody sees themselves as very spiritually mature, first of all, that's a blind spot itself mm-hmm. because the biggest blind spot of all is assuming that I'm, I'm mature enough spiritually not to have blind spots. That's a big blind spot. Sure. Because, really. you know, personally, there have been, and recently, mm-hmm. I don't know what's mm-hmm. ahead, mm-hmm. but I know who does. Yeah. It clings you more closely to him for the comfort of finding out. Amen. It doesn't get better than that, girly. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. That is right on target. You know, Jim, a, a theme that you have talked about, and I, I think it, it dovetails in this talk about deep faith is when when the bullets are flying and uh i i know you've told me many times mike don't worry they're blanks they're firing blanks okay i want you to unpack that in a minute but one of the one of the neat things that you often talk about especially is you know when the conflict is with with people and you say you know one of the ways to process through that is to be Curious mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. curious. Let's talk a little bit about being curious when you're under fire in the pit mm-hmm. and you're thinking, "Man, God, would you just show up, or would you zap that person over <laughs> over there?" I mean, I, you know, uh, talk about what it means to be curious and how that plays into the circumstance. 
Well, I think the, one of the best examples I know is Jesus when he's facing Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate is trying to trick Jesus into saying something that will give him justification for the execution. Mm. And so Jesus says, who's on the coin? Well, Jesus knows who's on the, on the coin. It's, it's Caesar is on the coin. But he says, who's on the coin? Hmm. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God. Curiosity is not a frontal attack. God's style under grace, under the covenant of grace, so covenant that we're under, is, is, is mostly coming alongside as compared to a frontal kind of blast like you'd get under the law. The flashlight of the law, which is the knowledge of good and evil put into action in a symbolic form with that flashlight, is frontal. The lantern of grace is being curious about, help me understand more what it is that you're upset about. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's something that I'm doing that is bothering you, it's not my intention to bother you. Help me know. Mm-hmm. See, that's that powerful vulnerability. Right, right, yes. That's such yes. a part of his plan yes. for sanctification. You know, and I, I think we do find out a lot about mm-hmm. the other person mm-hmm. when we approach it with curiosity and, mm-hmm. and questioning. And I think we're so so um, um, attuned in our Western world to having to win. Mm-hmm. We got to win, you know, in, in, in schools and universities, you're, you're taught to win mm-hmm. the argument. Not really taught much about listening to fi- listening to find out where the other person's really at. Right. The point is to win and to crush them, mm-hmm. but we don't really teach our our students to listen and be curious and find out what's really going on mm-hmm. with the other person. And see the definition. I, I always get back to the power of definitions, and the power of definition of winning. In God's definition, is very different than the world's definition. Mm, mm. And even in the world, if you look at, say, a husband and a wife, a, 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 or a parent and a child, mm-hmm. particularly an adult age child and, and the parent, where you have two adults, what you've got there is two people, if they don't both win, meaning both come out feeling somehow heard and respected and valued, if those aren't the results of the interaction, they've both lost. Mm-hmm. As a husband and wife or any other kind of partnership like that, if with Sonia, that's my, my wife of 38 years, if in my exchange with Sonia, if she feels worse as a result of the exchange, I've lost. And she's lost. Mm. On the other hand, if I, quote, try to make her win... At my expense, we've both lost. Yeah. Because we've changed honesty for expediency. And that's not going to ever be a good trade. Honesty with grace, with a lantern, with no double standards, what's true for one is true for both, is what makes winning possible. And that's God's definition. Honesty is always the best mm-hmm. policy. It's that truth. Yeah. With a lantern, where there's the grace in that. Remember, 
truth without grace mm. cannot be received deeply. Grace without truth is superficial niceness. And Jesus was never superficial. <laughs> Absolutely. He was loving. He wasn't nice. Right. And sometimes that, uh, that grace isn't received. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's okay. We still, it just is. It's, it's what yeah. is. Mm-hmm. We have to deal a lot with what is. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that in our culture we're okay with what is. We, we, we want to... We're conditioned not to be not okay to be with okay what with is. Yeah. As if we're settling. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah, you're, you're right. That's a terrible trap. I forget who, who came out. Uh, there's a book, and uh, it, it's one of the premier books on negotiation. I wish I could remember the um, the author, but it's escaping. It's, it's that age thing creeping up. You know, maybe <laughs> ARP was right. I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> in the process of negotiation, they, they talk about a BATNA, B-A-T-N-A, hmm. best alternative to a negotiated agreement. Oh. Best alternative to a negotiated agreement. In other words... You're shooting for this target, but let's say that you're not going to get that target. So, what's the best alternative to that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and how can we be okay with that? Mm-hmm. And, and I think so often we we get one result in our head, and that's the way it's going to go. And and so often with that mindset, not so much a heart set, but a mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. God has a best alternative to that negotiated agreement in oh, his uh, hands in down his, in his mm-hmm. mind, and we find out, wow, that, that, I didn't expect that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the bullets flying around. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. and and you know, the first time you told me that, I was in the middle of of a firefight. Mm-hmm. You yes, know? you were. And and you, you said, Mike. You know, and it's just, listen, ex-cop, listen, to, listen, hear me. Be curious about what I'm going to say. They're firing blanks. And I'm going, what you talking about? But it got your attention. Trying to get my, you know, head around that. Talk a little about what, what does that mean? They're, they're firing blanks. And, and how does this deep faith work through that, that process for us? Well, the, the fact is, God defines reality, mm. not man. And the filter, who defines my reality, is a very powerful, one of the 25 in, in, the, in the filters in the chapter 2 of the bus book. Yep. If I have to convince you, Mike, of my position, or else I can't hold my position then you're simply not getting it drives me to distraction. Mm. Mm. But it's okay that you disagree with me. It's okay that you look at things however you look at them. You don't define my reality. I don't define your reality. Mm. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to understand as deeply as I can. And again, as it is in that first... uh, uh, that first paragraph in the in the deeper look at how faith God wants us to have a faith that allows the freedom to question and doubt Him, to be angry and upset with Him, to bring our struggles to Him. The paradox is that freedom to doubt and question is what allows faith to grow and develop. A growing faith is what allows a relationship to come alive. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's you and me as two people, you don't define my reality. Right. 
but I care about your perceptions and I want to share mine with you, not to convince you. In fact, another nugget, convincing prevents believing. The harder you try to convince someone, the more doubt you will tend to generate Mm. for that person. Mm. Or if it's yourself, the more doubt you will generate within yourself. So the thing about blanks is that it looks lethal. You're believing that what you're saying to me is lethal. I don't have to believe that it's lethal. You may be saying, Jim, you are not a good psychologist. You're not a good therapeutic coach. You're not a good speaker. You're not a good writer. You're not a good this. You're not a good that. And trust me, I get that. that <laughs> we don't with enough regularity. That. Not from you guys. But not from us. <laughs> no, okay. not from you guys. But, but I, I've gotten that plenty of times over the years. And, and honestly, more true as time goes on, what I am is curious and confused. What is it that I'm doing that is causing you to believe this? Because mm. it's not my goal to be the worst therapist in town. What am I doing that in your perception has you believe that? And, and I think one of the points here, Jim, that, that you're hitting to is that our reality doesn't shift because the other person doesn't right. agree right. with us. Right. You know, and, and it's so often, I think, because of the way we're brought up, the experiences mm-hmm. that we've had and such, well, we start to self-doubt. Well, right. you know, maybe I am messed up, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, well, I'm but sure in my case, that I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, I am, I'm up. the, the evil one can, can f- have those things firing at us and they right. look like, um, you know, intercontinental ballistic missiles mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and they are blanks they in are God's blanks. economy. Mm-hmm. Right in God's economy. Well, you are wonderful and we'll be back. And fallible. More, yes, <laughs> aren't we all? And we'll be back with more wonderful stuff. Our song this week is wonderful. Uh, brand new from 10th Avenue North. This is Healing Begins. And we're with Dr. Jim Hinman on Lighthouse Live. We've got lots more right after this. So you thought you had to keep this up All the work that you do So we think that you're good And you can't believe it's not enough All the walls you build up Are just glass on the outside So let them fall down There's freedom waiting in the sound Ground. We're here now. 
10th Avenue North. This is where the healing begins. Isn't that where it begins, where the light meets the dark? Right right. there at the cross. And the light is always more powerful than the dark. Oh, my goodness. We love that. We love Dr. Jim Henman. Jim, living software versus survival Mm -hmm. software. Mm -hmm. The sentence that I added on about the 12th version of this states God's living software, which is basically God's plan for us, our, the, our internal operating system for making healthy changes in our lives is dependent on us allowing him to share his loving grace and guidance with us. We forget that he is not going to impose his will on us, that his software, his offering to live our lives with us, to guide us, to give us direction is all dependent on our willingness to allow him to do so. If we have not, it's because we allow not, not because he's withholding it. He'll work with us no matter how broken we are Mm -hmm. to start. He will start wherever we're starting. Mm -hmm. If we allow him to join us. He wants us to ask, doesn't he? Yes. He needs to have permission yes. to, to, to join us. Yes. He will not impose it. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. We were talking to some people uh, very recently about that very thing. You know, and uh, it's that point of vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, when, when God steps in at our, at our invitation yeah. and, uh, and, and, and takes over. One of the themes you also explore, and by, by the way, friends, um, we'll, we'll give you a link to yes. this. And, and also, if you log on to um, vibrantcommunities.org, click the daily update page. We'll put that link on there uh, for right. you as well uh, from um, Changing Attitudes and Recovery. You, you, you hit a theme here, Jim, that I think is so important. You talk about expectations. Mm-hmm. And not only our expectations of God, but especially our expectations of each other. Expectations. And ourselves. And ourselves, yes. That was Elaine. Yes. <laughs> you, you say. Sorry, hon. I know. No, it's true. In, in bold letters, expectations, not experiences, create resentment and bitterness. Let's, yeah. let's talk about those expectations and, and uh, how, that, how that gets us wrapped around the axle. It, that's exactly what it does. It, 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 it's like having a long shawl that gets wrapped around the axle, and the more you go that direction, the more it chokes until it finally, mm-hmm. literally kills you. Mm. God wants us to be perfect as Jesus is perfect. How was Jesus perfect? He was in perfect, loving relationship mm. with the Father. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he was trying to be perfect. God's expectation for us is to allow, his expectation is his desire. God doesn't have expectations. Let me take that back. God doesn't have expectations. He's God. He does have a desire Mm. to share right where we're starting. When we try to be more than we can be, we grab the steering wheel. God can't drive when we're trying to live up to our expectations of what we think he wants from us or what others want from us or what we are demanding of ourselves. We're driving our old nature. Our old nature is driving 
when we have that kind of demand on ourselves. Desiring to please him out of obedience and love to him and wanting to to become, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. becoming. Right. Becoming. Those four bullet points that came, you know, uh, there's four bullet points that I believe kind of capture the whole thing of, of, of uh, both expectations and um, sanctification. Mm-hmm. Number one, the adventure of living consciously with him in the present with grateful humility. First bullet point, grateful humility, which is the attitude and perception that naturally comes from deeply accepting, again, heart, Mike, like you were saying, heart, mm-hmm. not head, accepting that his loving grace is given to each of us personally and freely. We can never earn it. It is his loving goodness, not ours. That's what makes the whole thing possible, is grateful humility. That's what makes us love him Mm -hmm. because he loved us first. Not to pay him back, but the natural tendency of awe that, wow, he loves us. That's cool. I want more of this. And it's not a performance issue. Not at all a performance, nor is it a formula. The second one, experiencing life through our lantern of grace with powerful vulnerability. The attitude and perception that is more important to learn and grow than be right. Again, expectations. When we are wrong and we feel good about, that's what grace allows. We have a powerful plan that lets us say, wow, I just really screwed up here. I really was wrong. Cool. (laughs) Hit the refresh. That's God's plan. Hit that refresh. What can I learn? There's a nugget in there somewhere. You know, it's like you know the horse dung, and and that kid's excited. He's shoveling the horse dung. What are you doing, kid? Well, there's got to be a pony in there somewhere. The deeper the valley, the more abundant the nuggets are going to come. You know, it's so true. So powerful vulnerability. We're we are interested in learning and growing. That's his nature alive in us. That's our new nature, not our old. And the third one, relaxing into becoming who we are, his ambassador, God's ambassador, Mm -hmm. as a new creation, as his spirit draws us deeper and deeper into his nature and into our healthiness. God's plan is so much easier than anything a human could ever come up with. God does all the work except allowing him to do the work that we do and we welcome him and allow him to be in our lives. He does the rest through us. Absolutely. And then the last one is applying the serenity prayer imperfectly. Mm. God, grant me the serenity to change what I can change, the freedom to release to you what I can't, and a growing wisdom to know the difference. Those four bullet points, grateful humility that comes from realizing I can never earn or deserve what God naturally, freely gives because of his nature, which allows powerful vulnerability. And if he loves me as is, then I can put my energy into learning and not defending. Jesus never defended. There's no defending examples of Jesus anywhere because he never did that we're his ambassador, which means letting his nature shine through us, both out to Elaine. I was being God's ambassador yes, to Elaine. Were. Thank you for that. Freely so. Thank but you. I was also being my ambassador 
his ambassador to, to me as yourself, well. Yes. I was glad that it wasn't my mistake. <laughs> you know, for most of us, it's easier to be give grace outward than it is in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Although I'm pretty darn good at giving grace in too. <laughs> <laughs> I nurture myself with the darndest little things, and that serenity prayer. That is how sanctification comes alive. New nature sanctification. Otherwise, it's old nature trying to accomplish the process. And what happens when the old nature is trying to, to do this instead of the new nature? What, what, what happens there? Well, it makes, number one, makes Jesus a liar because Jesus is saying, my load is light mm. and I will give you great comfort. And if we are trying on our own steam to be perfect, it's a 500-pound boulder in our backpack. Mm -hmm. So we start right out by telling someone who is perfect, which is Christ, that he's got it wrong. You tell him. I'm not going to. (laughs) You know? So old nature is always performance and formula bound. Old nature. It's always trying to figure out how to make up for that fundamental flaw at our core that there's something terribly wrong with us that we have to hide, we have to get rid of, we have to compensate for in Mm. some way. That's at the heart of old nature because God did never intend us to have the knowledge of good and evil. And that's what's gnawing us at the corner, that we fall short of perfection. Mm. Which is true. Doesn't that drive us towards legalism? It drives us towards legalism. Absolutely. As Jesus is confronting the Pharisees, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and they're they're steeped in in legalism. And he's saying, oh, that's that's superficial. It's not what's going on inside. Isn't that a neat neat night? (laughs) Rented lips here, folks. (laughs) Brought to you by (laughs) he who must be perfect. I just went blank. I was having pulled too much. Jesus time. confronting the Pharisees and the legalism. And the legalism that, and, yeah. and, the, and the law and the rules. Right. Rules are a substitute for relationship. Hmm. The law, which is the embodiment of the rules, is a substitute for a relationship with God. Hmm. That's why it could never transform. Relationship will fulfill the law, but the law can never create relationship. You're talking about expectations, and uh, I forget who brought this up to me. It was some training. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Some training somewhere. You picked up a nugget. Can't remember where it came from. And you know, you, I'm probably sliding the guy who t- who told me. But uh, and I'm, I'm not. I'm pretty sure it wasn't you. So I know I'm sl- not sliding you. But I know you'd give me grace anyway. Um, this person said that there's almost a mathematical formula to your emotional response to um, expectations. Our emotional response equals expectations plus reality. And it almost works mathematically. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a, a great architect, young architect, came to me and he gave me some logarithmic thing that worked better. Mm-hmm. But his point was that our, our expectations, good or bad, plus reality 
affect our emotional response. Absolutely. And isn't it far easier to allow our expectations just kind of flow with where God wants us to go, mm-hmm. you know, versus having to know how this is supposed to work out? Because in you his see, economy, it doesn't that, work that way. That's the whole thing. We want to know in ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are within time. God is outside of time. That's right. Yes. right. We keep forgetting that fact as human mm-hmm. beings. We're not intended to know beforehand. It would mess everything up. Mm. It really would. God knows, and he is going to guide us toward the healthiest choices for us in our lives. That's all we need to know. I guess part of it is grace and mercy Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, we don't mm -hmm. know what's around the corner. Although that may seem odd. No, 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 it it is. Mm. I think it's very true. Mm. Yeah, because sometimes if we did, (laughs) we might not extend that grace to ourselves or Mm -hmm. or others. But it's part of that taking. No, we go crushed. It's part of that taking one day at a time Mm -hmm. and the serenity prayer Mm -hmm. and all that Mm -hmm. goes along with that, starting where you are. It's the only place God's plan works is the present. Yes. It's the only place it works. That, That is so key. You know, that is so key. I, I mean, I came from discipline, you know, police, fire, and, and you never know what's coming, but you're trained to do certain things. And the problem with that kind of structure that's needed, I mean, you need to train oh, sure. in order to survive and save other people's lives. But when you, when you distort that and bring that into the rest of, of your life and everything has to, to fall according to a business plan. Mm-hmm. We choke God out of the process. Well, there's no room for him. There isn't. Do you realize that God is wonderfully messy and agendas tend to be wonderfully tidy? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Which would you rather have? Tidy whities <laughs> or messy God? <laughs> now, when I say messy God, that is with true love and yes, respect. Absolutely. He's yes. not messy in truth, but he's messy in our perception that we see imperfectly through a glass darkly it seems awfully messy well when you unpack the cross that's exactly Uh, i mean you've done that with us before Mm -hmm. jim and Mm -hmm. i love the way you do that Mm -hmm. so it's it's his plan is perfect psychology now our perceptual filters that you often Mm -hmm. talk Mm -hmm. about often formed by how we see our parents respond Mm -hmm. to things Mm -hmm. and I'm blessed. I had two godly parents and godly grandparents and, and, uh, you know, but a pastor friend of mine up in um, Antica, Pastor Dan, has told us in the congregation many, many times, his dad was a not nice guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and and abandoned the family and, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of negativity. And one of the challenges was working out God the Father Mm -hmm. because his experience on this plane mm-hmm. was a father's were not a very fun thing. Yeah. A very negative Mine thing. Mine is malignantly irrelevant. Mm-hmm. By the time I was four, I was older than my dad. Mm. Emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does God work through the... Uh, re- uh, does he take away the filter or does he readjust it? What, what happens there? Well, again, I, I really encourage the listeners to, to go to your site and, and get the address and stuff for this this particular article because... It's his loving grace 
that allows us to begin to see that survival software differently. Mm. We have more faith, heart faith, in our old survival software, most of us, than we have faith in God and Scripture. It's our default. It's our default, yeah. Because mm-hmm. of comfort zones. Familiarity. Yes. Addiction to the familiar. That's right. It may not yeah. be healthy, but it's no. well, It's not healthy, no. No. but it is not normal. Right. It is normal. And to realize that, that, you know what? God never promised us that we were going to have an easy life. Right. Again, expectations. Mm-hmm. Things should be good. I should be given a dad and a mom that love each other and that love me. Well, God wants that. And he does step into the gap and provides a loving father, God himself, Papa, and Jesus as a loving big brother. He does provide that which we need, but a fallen world is not going to provide that for most of us. It just isn't. By the way, friends, the uh, the website that we're referring to, uh, CARE, Changing Attitudes in Recovery, and uh, you can access that at www.careforyou.com. Now, be careful of that. It's C-A-I-R, as in Changing Attitudes in Recovery, C-A-I-R-F-O-R-Y-O-U, careforyou.com. And uh, we're looking at the uh, the black ice mm-hmm. uh, section here. And we'll, we'll post this on the website, uh, vibrantcommunities.org. You can check it there, and, and we'll be happy to give you that connection. But just wonderful resources here, Jim. You have... Uh, videos and audio and mm-hmm. just and books. A... it's kind of un-american mm-hmm. because most of it's free <laughs> yeah. well and and if you don't have already the copy of who's really driving your bus you can also pick that up as yep. well mm-hmm. it's available mm-hmm. online and also at uh, bookstores as mm-hmm. well available at uh, beardsley's book and bible at mckinry uh book at the mckinry village uh, on mckinry avenue and also at uh, family uh book of books and bible in turlock as well yeah, I think this is this is one of those things that you just have to have in your library. In, in, in fact, better than it should be. Ha, have it on your desk. It's deeper than it should be. Oh, it's uh, you, by you, most people's standards. You, you'll you'll read that and you you'll see the mirror, mm-hmm. and you go, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A yeah, mirror of grace. It's not something that you read through just once. No, no. You're going to go through yeah. it again. I keep looking at do. it and learning something every time I pick it up. It's great. It's great. This uh, aspect of, of, of legalism and, and uh, I, I think in our Western minds, things have to fit nicely. You know, we often say, and I learned this early on, ministry is messy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think you've taken that to the ultimate level saying, well, you know, our perception is that God is messy because not all the loose ends get tied up. And, and yet through that, we learn some of the greatest things and we make tremendous growth in our relationship with God. Right. When we're hurting, we're hitting the wall, and we finally just give up, uh, in our minds anyway, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say, okay, I, I surrender. And, and that's when oh, change that becomes possible. Great and change. it's not that God is messy. It's our f- very flawed perception right. from within time that seems like he's messy. We see the individual puzzle pieces. He sees the grand mosaic, doesn't he? Tapestry is one Tapestry. of the really neat... Uh, inspirational nuggets on the on the in the care uh, website. I hear the music. Are we out of time again? Already, I can't oh, believe it. Well, tapestry is for another time. Though. Okay. All right, we're on for that. And this time, 
look at that calendar and we'll find the right date. And extend grace. <laughs> and extend lots and lots of grace. We love you, Jim. Thank you. Likewise. For being our very special guest and friend tonight here on Lighthouse Live. And thank you, dear friends, for joining us and sharing a part of your evening with us. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>